I think some people just start writing and writing and they create a first draft and they say, hey, I'm getting ready to go to publishing, which, you know, I'd be the one yelling, do not do it. Do not do it at all because you really, it takes several, several versions. You are now tuned into the Meesey Muse Unplugged, a pop-up podcast variety show helping consultants along their journey to greatness with your host, management consultant, author, and blogger, Christy Lindor. Hey, my go-getters. Welcome to the Meesey Muse Unplugged podcast show. I'm your host, Christy Lindor, Super thrilled to be bringing you episode 37, and today we're going to be doing a Quick Wins interview. If this is your first time tuning in, Quick Wins are when I have the utmost pleasure of connecting with individuals discussing products, ideas, or services to help round out your consulting toolkit. So today's guest, we've actually got Alicia Ingram. She is a ghostwriter as well as a book editor. And go-getters, Alicia is one of the editors that really helped me with my book, The Meesey News. In today's interview, we get a chance to connect and talk a little bit more about the writing process, the publishing process for go-getters out there that are aspiring authors or maybe in the throes of writing their first book. What's really super cool also, go-getters, I share a little bit more insights in terms of the journey that I took with my first book, The Meesey News. And Alicia and I are teaming up. We're gonna offer you kind of the best of both worlds. So if you go to the show notes, meesymuse.com and sign up for our webpage, you'll be able to start getting free resources, information, and tips on how to write a book. This is really cool. We're really excited to be partnering together, bringing some really good insights to you. And we hope to be able to connect with you in the future. So with that, let's get started. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us on the Meesey Muse Unplugged today. How are you doing? Hi, Christy. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. So, Alicia, what part of the world are you currently sitting in right now? I am currently in Chicago. I guess before we get started with today's conversation, Alicia, maybe you can take a moment and introduce yourself to the go-getters of the Meesey Muse Unplugged. First of all, I wanted to say congratulations on just a successful book launch. I've been seeing so many great things about it. So I want to just first congratulate you on all of your current and future success. Uh, Thank you. So let's see, where should I start? As you mentioned, I'm a ghostwriter and book editor. I specialize in nonfiction books as well as memoirs, really helping aspiring authors start and finish their books. So really, I'm a big advocate of people really sharing their knowledge, sharing their expertise, but not just getting it out there, writing a book for the sake of writing a book, but really writing a powerful book. So I'm pretty much as far as helping aspiring authors get their books done and get them done well. And full disclosure, go-getters, I'm just going to share what Alicia just said that she does. She actually really does it because if you picked up a copy of the Meesey Muse, 100 Plus Selective Practices, Unwritten Rules, and Habits of Great Consultants, Alicia's actually one of the editors of the book. And I really believe working with her, she really helped me take the book from good to great. So I'm super excited that she's joined us today and she's going to 
help you all not only write a book, but write a well-written book, which is such a great way to say it because she does just that. So Alicia, maybe you can share, like, how did you get started in the world of book editing and ghostwriting? Okay, I'll tell you. Well, it's actually something I've kind of fell into. First of all, I've always been just a huge reader. I received my undergraduate degrees, uh, two degrees actually, in social policy and one in journalism. So early on, I learned, I've always been into writing, but I learned to write different styles of writing. When I started off as a social policy major, which is more political science, we did a lot of academic papers, research position papers, where we have to take a complicated policy and argue position. We used a lot of, I want to say big <laughs> 25 cent words. That was a really big word. So instead of use, we do utilize. So I start off as far as a certain type of writing style. And then really about halfway through my undergrad, I picked up a second major, journalism. And so again, it was a process of learning to write a different style. My arguments were strong, the stories were strong, but then I would have to take these big words these complicated ideas and really simplify them and then put them in a small paragraph for journalism writing style. So it really taught me, I think it gave me kind of a unique skill set to really navigate between audiences, taking like someone's thoughts and really simplifying them when needed. And then as far as elaborating or make them more complex when needed. But from there, I actually started off working for a marketing agency. And I was doing a lot of as far as writing speeches, writing press releases, writing talking points. And again, a lot with marketing and public relations, you do a lot of writing and writing for different audiences. You always are very aware of who are you writing for? Is an executive writing to his or her employees or is it? writing to the public or investors. So from there, I did that for about 50 years. And then one day, again, I'm a big reader, always been. I had a client that approached me and said, hey, I'm writing a book. I really didn't like my editor. I don't want to go back. So he asked me to edit the last few chapters of, it was actually a fiction book, edit the last few chapters. And yeah, I'm a writer. So I figured, okay, sure, why not? But it was a good story. And I just loved it editing as far as making a good story even better. So I fell in love with just editing. I've always edited other people's work. It just came naturally. And from there, working with executives who really had stories beyond just brochure or beyond just a speech, I just fell into enjoying and writing and editing books for other people. So it's something that evolved over time. And as I've begun specializing in strictly just books, it's been just kind of falling deeper and deeper into my passion. That is so awesome that you're able to do that. When you started out as the book editing piece and you said it kind of came natural, how did you decide to also kind of delve into ghostwriting or did it kind of happen simultaneously? Always. I think with a marketing and public relations background, you're actually always ghostwriting. You're always, you know, those amazing speeches with the exception of maybe our former President Obama. Most of those awesome speeches are done by speechwriters. A lot of times when you hear the responses in a news interview, those have been scripted. So it's something that I've always done for other people, but particularly when it comes to books, the difference is we're just doing more in-depth outlining the books before we write. But it encompasses the same skills of journalism, which is you're gathering information, you're helping people to organize their thoughts in order to tell a comprehensive story. 
So I have a couple questions. Myself, I just completed my first three-year journey of my first book. And as a result of that, Alicia, I have a lot of people asking me a lot of different questions. And Mm -hmm. I can only share from my experience, but I thought this would be a really good conversation to have with an expert like yourself, who you've seen a lot of different works, literary works, and have more experience in this space. So one of the questions that I've constantly gotten, especially over the last six months, is How does one decide whether to self-publish their books or to go with a publishing house? Any particular thoughts you have on that? I have to be a bit biased that I'm really a fan of self-publishing or even a hybrid publisher. That's when you still have quite a bit of content control. A hybrid publisher, you share the cost of publishing. So they may help with the editing and taking care of the typesetting but you still may pay them or be responsible for the marketing of your book. And here's why, as far as with self-publishing particularly, you have more flexibility as far as really getting into different audiences. When you go with a traditional publisher, first of all, you have to sell your book to a publishing house, which could be meaning hiring a literary agent who will get a cut of the book sales, but also for them to shop it around. And right now with traditional publishing, as far as, really a publisher fronting all the costs for especially an unknown author. So when you're a well-known politician or celebrity, the game's a bit different. But if you're an unknown author with your first book coming out, you don't have a track record. So it's even not impossible, but it is more difficult and it takes a lot more time. With self-publishing, you can write whatever you want. You don't have to worry about the editorial team changing it against your will. You decide what you want to keep and what you want to take from an editor as far as their feedback. And then you have a lot more flexibility as far as how you want to market it. I've worked with a lot of clients as far as who've gone the self-publishing route. I have a lot of colleagues that have self-published and they've actually had more success and they're able to keep more of the money than going with a traditional publisher. Yeah, I would agree, particularly on the creative control. I know that was one of the main reasons that I chose the self-publishing route. So I completely agree with that. What's also interesting, I came across a quote. It's actually in a book. The book was called Influence by Warren Cass. And in the book, It gave us a really startling statistic. So it said research shows that over 85% of people in business would like to write a book, yet only 5% actually do it. I found that so surprising. It feels like, at least for me, it feels like everyone around me, they're already authors or they're on the throes of becoming an author. So I was just very surprised by that statistic. What is your reaction when you hear that, Alicia, from your standpoint? I have mixed feelings. I'm surprised the number is that low, but I'm not surprised that it is low. I think when I mention a lot of times that I'm a ghostwriter and book editor, I always hear, let's say about 97% of the time, oh, I have a book that I've been thinking about, or I've been meaning to write. And they've had this book sitting in their head for at least 10 years, some people 20 years. So a lot of people want to write books. A lot of people, majority of people actually think that they have a book inside of them. And I think it's true. However, there's a certain, I want to say, motivation of individuals who write books and those where their books just stay ideas. And I think when you really get clear on that, like you've got very clear as far as what you're going to do, that's when you develop the discipline to actually write a book, you know, as far as authors are still very much revered because not everyone can write and can write good books. So I think 
there is, as far as I think everyone wants to be a millionaire too, but you still, you know, have quite a small number of millionaires, even multimillionaires, because of the discipline that it takes, of the determination that it takes to write a book. It's really writing a book, as you well know, is first of all, and we can talk about this more, it's about your mindset. Are you really ready to make an investment of the time as well as money, as well as really going through that whole process? Because writing a book is work. An editor, as even a writing coach, it can become easier. It doesn't have to be kind of one of those drudgery type of work, but you still requires effort really about pushing yourself to get your thoughts clear and really communicating in long form with a particular audience. So I'm not surprised. A lot of people, you know, sounds like a good idea, but to actually get in there and do the work is just a certain caliber of people who are really motivated and they're clear about what they're doing and why. Right. And that's so true. And when you said earlier about people walking around with the book, I was that person too. So, (laughs) I mean, I had the book on my heart for at least 10 years. You know, I thought about it. And then I finally decided to do something about it three years ago. And for me, I'm a busy professional. And the way that I was able to do it, and I've continued to share this with go-getters, is that I just started writing. Like I didn't, and I don't know if that was the right thing to do. That's actually kind of my next question for you, Alicia. But I know for me, I just started writing every day. I took like an hour a day and I wrote whatever came to mind. Some days that meant I had a paragraph and some days I had pages of work, but I just made it a habit to write every day. I could have done it a little smarter probably, but that was the way that I got through that first push. For people who are busy professionals and consultants and that, what other advice would you give them if they've been walking around with a book in their head? What advice would you give them to get started? Yeah, Chrissy, I think that's important. The first thing is you had the book idea, but at one point in time you decided, I think that first part, and this is why I work with a lot of people, when they say, oh, I have a book I've been meaning to write. I think you have to really make a firm decision with yourself. And like, it's something that's just, sometimes it just presses on your heart so much. You're like, that's it. That's kind of sometimes how I do things where it's just kind of like, you almost get fed up with yourself and say, I'm going to do this. Or you decide you're not going to do it, then you let it go. So I think you need to think about the choice. Are you going to do it or not? And once you decide if it's a yes, I'm going to do it, then you need to put the systems and structures in place to get it done. And like you did, you started creating a habit And again, people have different processes for writing their books, particularly that first book. And I coach people through as far as maybe a smarter process, but there's nothing that's wrong with other processes of just starting to write because part of the process that I work with is we start with organizing your thoughts or we start with one, getting your mindset right. And then the second step is then starting to organize your thoughts. But when that writing phase is when you start developing these habits, these systems, the structures, the accountability. So it sounds like you were really held yourself accountable to I'm sitting down, I'm writing. But having that schedule, even I encourage those who know they have to get this finished and they know that as far as just the habit of writing is not developed, to have an accountability team in place. So part of that as the writing coaches, I'm one of several accountability partners. But I think That part about writing, even if you're a non-writer, you have to develop because writing itself is a skill that develops over time. Even as a writer myself, I had a time period where I just said, okay, every day I'm writing something. You know, how can I coach others and not do it? And something happens 
in that phase, as far as in that discipline, as some of you had some great writing, I'm sure, and then you had some not so great writing as well, but you have to do that. That habit is part of the process. Definitely. And earlier you mentioned not only just writing a book, but writing a well-written book. And I love that tagline because it's so spot on, Alicia. What is your definition of a well-written book? And this is where I think your editor or your editing team comes in because a well-written book to me is one that one, your thoughts are organized. I think some people just start writing and writing and they create a first draft and they say, hey, I'm getting ready to go to publishing, which, you know, I'd be the one yelling, do not do it. Do not do it at all because you really, it takes several, several versions. And I'm curious to know how many versions you went through yourself. But the first thing is the difference between just a book. You've seen those self-publishing books that are riddled with typos. It's the least of the problem, which is bad because it makes it difficult for your audience to even keep reading. But also when you see more of a free flowing stream of consciousness type of book, that it makes it difficult again for the reader to follow, to grasp ideas. So a well-written book is one that is one well-organized to start with, but also when I say well-written, think of a book almost as a very long movie. The movie is going to be boring or tells a long drawn-out story. You may fall asleep. You may just turn the movie off altogether. So think of this as a story that you're unfolding and a relationship that you're building with the audience in a journey of a book. So you want to really write with not only clarity, but also make it vivid. So that's what I teach as well. And that's what I edit is really those small techniques that you learn as you write to keep a story engaging, to keep a story vivid. So that's for me, what's really a well-written book. I think that's very, very helpful. Now available on Amazon. Management consultant and author Christy Lindor shares career secrets based on 15 years of experience working at top firms in a new book called The Meesey Muse. A hundred plus selected practices, unwritten rules, and habits of great consultants. The Meesey Muse provides insights, stories, and strategies on the unwritten rules of the consulting profession. Christy conducted research and connected with 50-plus industry titans across 27 professional service organizations on what makes a great consultant. For book reviews, tour dates, and more info, go to www.mecnews.us. You mentioned about people writing an iteration and then they're like, oh, ready to yes. go for publishing. Oh. How do you know when it's time for an editor? That's how my writing practice has evolved a little bit too. A lot of people would come to me with their first drafts or even their second drafts. And I can tell right away, it was not, it didn't need editing. It needed a complete rewrite because really they did not start from step one, which was organizing their thoughts. And even before that, or sometimes they may had several books folded into one So that process of really getting clear first makes a difference. And that's when you may not need an editor, but you may need a writing coach. One of the things in my service I just started incorporating is a coach with getting clear before you start getting your thoughts organized. So I help with a book outline first and foremost. So those who are ready to take their idea into an actual book, but they're not sure where to start, that's when you can use even an editor help you get clear on your thoughts before you start writing. So it's different phases. Or if you have a draft and you want to get feedback, you and I 
you're at a different phase. You're at the, I've gone through editing phase. I'm looking for more of the content critique. So I wasn't looking at the technical, but more of the overall content quality. So I would say it's really, I'm going to advocate that at different phases, depending on who you are, you can have an editor at the beginning or you can have it at the end. I think the important thing is that you speak with the editor. You really have an editor. You have as far as someone along the way helping you get clear on what you're writing about, particularly getting clear on your audience, helping you figure out who are you speaking to? Why are you doing this? So people have different writing styles, but I would say it's never too soon to get an editor. Earlier, you asked me like how many iterations I went through. I was sitting here thinking like how many, it took me a good year to go through the publishing process. And I must have at least, I'm just going to estimate because I didn't count at least 30 full iterations, at least. And I think about that first draft that I I thought I was done. I had been writing for two years by that point Mm -hmm. and I thought it was done. And now looking back, that was such crap. That's a part of the journey and you have to be really committed to the entire process because 30 sounds like a very reasonable number. 30 sounds like an editor's myself typically go about two to three rounds of that. So you had as far as you did the work to make it really good. And then I'm reading through your final and I can still see it's still a totally different book. It's, you know, I was really excited, which is great to see as far as the feedback incorporated into the book. I was just like, yes. And I could tell as far as you did really take it to the next level with that. And that's what it's about when you're writing a book and you're really committed to it being a good one. You know, what's funny about that, Alicia, is that even though I read it now, I feel like I could have gone through another four or five iterations. <laughs> it will always feel like um, that. It will always. It feels like it was good enough to publish, but a part of me was like, man, if I had just said this, or I, I had taken this out. And the other question, which I'm sure a lot of consultants who have analysis paralysis, like I do, when do you know it's good enough? What is that fine line between, okay, this is ready to ship and send out versus, okay, this really needs to really go through a couple, like, how do you make those distinctions? Well, one thing is when you put deadlines in place, that helps as far as knowing like, okay, by this day, I'm going to publish, but you still have your team to tell you, is this quality? I think that early feedback, not only from your editor, but also I'm a fan of beta readers. Beta readers are those who are going to tell you like, yay or nay, is this a good quality? And then at one point you have to decide to pull the trigger and ship particularly when, okay, I've done the proofreading, it's ready to go to the proofreader. But I think your editor can really help you with that, letting you know, okay, let it go. And that's what second editions and third editions are for, is when you take the new information. You think of those books where, oh, there's a new chapter in there talking about current trends. So at one point, I think, and you, I'm sure you're well on your way to your second and your third book. And so that's the point where you get better with each time you do it. But I think that first time you do have to get to a point where, okay, you've been working on this now for a while. You've had several editors go through it. It's time to ship. And yes, it will always be something, you know, even as an editor, I'm, I'm always like, oh, this could be. But that's why I said it really two thorough rounds because we can go five rounds, we can go 10 rounds. But at one point you kind of just know like, okay, it's time. I remember when I realized this was going to be good, when I read the book and I was 
proud of it. For me, like that was the thing that I was like, okay, I felt confident that this is what I wanted to say. I definitely would have to agree with that. Well, this was a fantastic conversation, Alicia. If individuals are interested in your services or want to get a hold of you, what are some ways that they can connect with you? First up, they can go to my website, which is www.wordsmithwonder.com. And that's wordsmithwonder.com. And they can first sign up for the five tips to finally getting your book done, which will help them prepare for a conversation. There's a little pop-up box and you enter your email address. I'll send you the information. And then also to contact me, we'll have a get your book done strategy session where we can outline as far as where you're at with your book. Are you in the first phase or the close to final phase? And from there, I'll recommend based on what your needs are, here are my services that I think will be a best fit for where you are right now. So sometimes it's mindset work as far as let's get your thoughts clear, get clear on what you're doing. Why are you writing this book? Because again, I think some of the best books come from really a source of passion and purpose. And those are my favorite clients. You knew this was something not to do as a money-making venture, but something as far as you have information that you need to get out. So really some people, as far as having a passion, getting clear on what's going to keep you going when life happens. Other people are at a point where they've done the work. They have a manuscript. It's close to ready and they're in need of an editor to perhaps polish the publication as far as give them the overall feedback on the quality, fix the technical stuff and get ready for a proofreader. So it's different phases of where you are. And I work with aspiring authors in those different phases. Well, thank you so much for taking time to connect with the Go-Getters, Alicia. I know we're going to be working on a lot of projects together. And so I I so look forward to working with you. Likewise, likewise. I think you've just done such an awesome job with the content of your book and I'm just looking forward to working with you as well. And the great things really to encourage even more authors to share what they know and share passionately. So thank you again for having me. Thank you. And thank you, Michael Gutters, for tuning in today. This is Christy Lindor signing out for the Misi Muse Unplugged Pop-Up Podcast. Here's to your journey to greatness. Tune in every Friday for new episodes syndicated on iTunes, Google Play Music, and many more. Visit www.misimuse.com for more information.